course, we know that Megillus Eicha was written by Yirmiyah Hanavi. In fact, Yirmiyah begins Paragimel Ani Hagever Ani B'Shevet Evrasoi. Rashi says, Ani Hagever, I am the man. Rashi says, Yirmiyahu. In fact, the stipler writes in the Berchas Peretz that the gematria of the words Ani Hagever is Yirmiyahu. Stipler said that he came up with various gematrias during the course of Kriyas HaTayra. If you look at Megillah Seicha, we'll notice there are five prakim. Parak Aleph, Beis, and Dalit all have 22 psukim according to the Oisiris of the Aleph Beis. The psukim of Parak Aleph, Beis, and Dalit are rather long psukim. Parak Gimel has three times the Aleph Beis, 66 psukim. Three psukim for each letter of the alephes, and the psukim are very short. And Parakei also has twenty-two psukim, not according to the letters of the alephes. Haloi Davarhu. What is the uh, significance of this seder of Megillah Seicha? So the Maral says that Parak alephes and Dalit actually begin with the with the word Eicha. Parak Gimel. Does not begin with the word Echa, begins with the word Ani. Parakei also does not begin with the word Echa. Says the Gemara in Sanhedrin, why did Yirmiya lament with the word Echa? Echa is Gematria 36, and Klai Yisrael violated the 36 Chayavi Krisais. So then why only Parak Aleph, Beis, and Dalet begin with the word Echa? Says the Maral, Parak Aleph, Beis, and Dalet corresponds to Chorben Bayis Risha. Now, in the times of Chorban Bayis Rishan, they taka violated Gilead Rayash, Vichas Damim, the three big ones, Chayavi Krisos. Hence, they begin with the word Eicha, connected to the Lamed Vav Chayavi Krisos. However, Paragimel does not correspond to Bayis Rishan, Paragimel corresponds to Bayisheni. Bayisheni, they were Loime Torah, Vaisek Bigmos Chasadim. They didn't violate any of the Chayavi Krisos. Therefore, it doesn't begin with the word Eicha. So why are the psukim so small? During the times of Bayes Rishon, they violated serious crimes, serious infractions, chayav krisos. So the psukim are very big to indicate they violated big ones. But in times of Bayes Sheni, what was the Avera? Sinas chinam. Sinas chinam. One time is a relatively minor Avera. There's no Oinshim in this world for Sinas chinam. There's no chayav krisos. There's no Malkus. There's no Einish at all. Nevertheless, says Rabbeinu Yoyna, when you take a small Avera and you repeat it again and again and again and again, it's like taking a silk thread and doubling it, tripling it, and it becomes Ka'avoisois Ha'agola, and it actually adds up to be more serious than even than inherently serious Averas. So Perak Aleph, Perak Beis, and Perak Dalid correspond to Korban Bayes Rishon. In the times of Bayes Rishon, they violated Chayavei Krisos. Therefore, the psukim are very big. Therefore, the prakim begin with the word Eicha. But by Yesheni, they only violated Sinas Chinam, so the psukim are very small. They didn't violate Chayavei Krisis. But there are three psukim for every ois of the Aleph indicating that they repeated it again and again and again, and in the end, the infraction was worse than by Yisrishan. Parakei does not correspond to Chorben by Yisrishan, does not correspond to Chorben Bayesheni, it corresponds to Chorben Eretz Yisrael. And therefore it does not go by the Oseus of the Aleph base. This is the 
Seder of Megillah Seicha, says the Maral. Now let's get into how was the Megillah written. Well, it was written by Yermia Navi, presumably. He was a Navi, he was a prophet, and he wrote it. The Nevuah, according to most Rishayim, he wrote it. The Nevuah, the Sefer Ikrim says, no, maybe he only wrote it Baruch HaKodesh. But let's assume it was written the Nevuah, like all the Chafdalets farm. So here's the million dollar question. I was bothered by this question for many years, and I always knew this was the question of the Yad HaMelech. Who's the Yad HaMelech? Yad HaMelech is the grandson of the Neid of Yehuda, Rabbi Eliezer Landau. And he wrote a parish on the Rambam called Yad HaMelech. By the way, just as an aside, there's an uh, interesting phenomenon that almost all the perushim on the Rambam have the word Melech in it. Mishnah LaMelech, Yad HaMelech, Yeshua Ismalkoi, Rabbi Yeshua Lamikutna in his Hakdama to Yeshua Ismalkoi writes, why are so many perushim on the Rambam, why do they have the word Melech in it? Because the Rambam was the Gilgal of the Amoira Shmuel. Shmuel, the Gemara calls Aryoich, Melech. Therefore, Hashgacha has it that the Perushim on the Rambam have the word Melech in it. Okay, so the Yad HaMelech asked the following question. The Rambam tells us that a Navi cannot receive Navu at will. You can't, if you're, let's say you're a Navi. Any, any Navim over here? I see only a handful. But if you're a Navi, you can't just wake up in the morning and say, okay, I want, I want Nevuah. You go to a hotspot, you go to a Wi-Fi zone, and you receive, you know, you wait for a, few, a certain number of bars, and the Nevuah comes. That's not how Nevuah works. You have to be in a certain frame of mind. You have to have a certain mindset. The Rambam says, if you have the sheets, call Nevim in Misnavim b'chalei Yertsu. Nevim cannot prophesy whenever they wanted. Ella... Mechavnim daitam. They had to focus the yoshvim, and they sat smechim the two leiv, happy and good-hearted. So that we already, already knocked off ninety-five percent of people. Umizboidedim, and they had to go into contemplation. Shein nuvua shayra loy mitoch atzvus loy mitoch atzvus el mitoch simcha. You can't be sad. You can't be lazy. You have to be happy. Sorry to break it to you. If you want to be a navi. You have to be happy. And therefore, the Nevi'im would have musicians play music before them to put them in the, in the right frame of mind. We're good? You hear? Yeah. Sounds good? Okay, good. So, you had to be in the right frame of mind to be able to receive prophecy. If you're sad, if you're in a bad mood, you're grumpy, grouchy, depressed, morose, downtrodden, demoralized, you're out. So basically, it's not going to work for most people. You know, if you're a grumpy kind of guy, go and sell life insurance, use cars, don't become a prophet. Now, the question is, Yermia Hanavi, he's getting a prophecy. What's the prophecy about? The Rebbe tells Yermia that the children are going to be slaughtered, the women are going to be abused, the men are going to be hung, there's going to be famine, there's going to be exile. Probably, Yermia was not in a great mood when he heard this prophecy. I would assume he was... He was probably crying, as he himself says, Aini, Aini, Nigra, he was uh, weeping tears. His head became a fountain of tears, of water. So he was likely, presumably in a bad mood, in a, sa- a sad mood, 
when Rabban Shalom told him the Nevuah of Megillah Seicha. So how did he receive the Nevuah of Megillah Seicha? Ein ha-Nevuah Shaira le-mitoich atzvos, le-mitoich atzvos, ela mitoich simcha. This is the question of the Yad HaMelech. And then, a few years ago, it's interesting how life works. I had this chus to go to Germany, to go to Kibbe Tzadikim, and I'm in Frankfurt, about to go into the kever of Rav Nassim Adler, and the Hafla, and the Maram Shif, and the mother of the Chassam Soifer, and the Pnei Yoshua, and others. And one of the members of our trip just arrived, a friend of mine from France, and he presented me with a sefer, I'm going to tell you about that soon, and he told me that somebody put out a book called um, Morning with Strength, or something like that, and this French guy, named Rafael Ansel, Strength Through Fire, told me I should get a hold of this book, and uh, so I came back to America, I can't get a hold of the book, I got it from Mizrahi Used Bookshop, turned out that my next door neighbor had a copy, so I had to go to Germany and meet a guy from France to get a book that my next door neighbor had, and in this book, in the back of the book, it brings that this question of the Yad HaMelech is not only the question of the Yad HaMelech, but it's also the question of the Chazaynish. And in the Hakdama of the Shari Aray, you know, Rav Aaron Rotter on Chumash, he has a Sefer on Archaim, and he brings over there different Hanhagos that he himself witnessed about the Chazaynish. And he brings this question the Chazaynish asked him, and that don't try to answer it. Don't even try. I know you, there's a guy in the back he's going to try. Don't try. Because the Chazoyner said it's a good kasha. And don't even try to answer it. So with that, with that introduction, we have to try to answer the question. It's such a good question. And that the Chazoyner wanted to know if Yermia Hanavi said, Eni nigra that Yermia said he was crying uncontrollably when he said, when he heard Megillah Seicha, how then did he receive the prophecy of Megillah Seicha? Ein Navi Mesnabe Alamitoich Simcha. And then I discovered that this was also the question of none other than Arav Hatzadik, Rav Moshe Teitelbaum, the Yismach Moshe. Now I just visited the Yismach Moshe. I was just at the kever of the Yismach Moshe in Uhel in Hungary. And uh, basically his yard side, the, the yard side of Yismach Moshe is very good. Chav Ches Tamas. Who else's yard side is Chav Ches Tamas? The Rav Shleimah the author of the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. And I was at the kever of the Yismach Moshe, and the Yismach Moshe and Parshas Vaschanan asks this very question. If you look at the end of Yoshi number 32, on the seventh, on the sixth line, Kashali Kusha Atsuma, I have a very strong question. Da Megillas Echa Miklalak Suvim, the Kaimalan Kalak Suvim Bracha Koidesh Nemra. How could Yermia say this Nevua, Ein Navi, Misnabe, Loimitoich Schoik, Loimitoich Atzvos, Elamitoich Simcha Shel Mitzvah, says the Yusmach Moshe, but then someone gave me a Gavaldiga Sefer. He gave me the Sefer Yaroy Stavash of, who wrote the Yaroy Stavash? Yonis and Ibishutz, and I saw Yonis and Ibishutz ask the question, says Yismach Moshe, Vissamachti, I, I nailed the question. Baruch Shekivanti to the question of Rabbi Yonis and Ibishutz. So, this is the question of the Yadam Melech, this is the question of the Chazonish, this is the question of the Yismach Moshe, and this is the question of Rabbi Yonis and Ibishutz, which means it's a good question.
How could Yirmiya prophecy Megillas Eicha Ein Navi Misnave Loi Mitoich Atzvos? So the Yad HaMelech gives the following answer. Why can a prophet not prophesy Mitoich Atzvos? Says the Yad HaMelech, in order to prophesy, you have to be in a state of Shlemos, perfection. Only someone who has some degree of perfection can have the Devekus HaKadosh Baruch Hu to receive Nebuah. Now, if somebody, Chas V'Shalom, is a Balmum, that would render them imperfect and they cannot be a Navi. In fact, the Gemara asks, how could Moshe Rabbeinu be a Navi but he had a speech impediment? Which implies if somebody even has a physical deficiency or handicap, they cannot be a Navi. And the Adamelech says the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was able to be a Navi, despite the fact that he had a speech impediment, is because Moshe Rabbeinu's speech impediment was not a regular physical handicap. Moshe Rabbeinu's speech impediment was intentionally placed in Moshe Rabbeinu in order to preserve the authenticity of the Torah. Why? Because if Moshe Rabbeinu would have been a great speaker, then the next generation, they would have said, you know, the Torah, is it true? Is it not true? Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu is just a good salesman and he talked us into it. He persuaded us. His power of, uh, his power of speech, his ability to persuade is so strong, is so compelling, he talked us into receiving the Torah. He's such a great orator. So Hashem made Moshe Rabbeinu a stutterer and a stammerer and a heavy speaker so that nobody should say it was his uh, speaking ability that convinced the Jewish people to receive the Torah. But Kali so uh, obviously accepted the Torah based, based on its inherent uh, authenticity and value. So Moshe Rabbeinu's speech impediment was not a physical handicap. It was a divinely orchestrated phenomenon that Moshe Rabbeinu had in order to preserve the, the authenticity of the Torah. In fact, the Yad HaMelech says that's why when, it, when the Torah refers to Moshe Rabbeinu's speech impediment, it says, Mi sam ba'adam u'ay mi yasum ilen. Who placed speech in man and who placed muteness? Ask the Yad HaMelech, what do you mean, mi yasum ilen? Muteness is not placed. Muteness is something taken away from somebody. Why is Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, muteness called a placement? Says the Yad because it was intentionally placed. It was imposed on Moshe Rabbeinu as a divinely orchestrated phenomenon. It was placed upon Moshe Rabbeinu. But otherwise, if somebody has a spiritual handicap, a physical handicap, an emotional handicap, what's an, an example of an emotional handicap? Sadness. Sadness is a deficiency of the personality. Now most people, sometime in their life, encounter certain occurrences or events, and human nature is to succumb and to be sad. That's human nature. There's almost nobody who will go through life and not experience some type of event in life that will make them sad. But nevertheless, sadness is a deficiency of character. Because it means that the person does not have the emotional wherewithal and the full amuna and the full bitachain to deal with it, level-headed, uh, even-keeled. And therefore, sadness precludes prophecy. If someone is sad, it precludes prophecy. Now, it's interesting, there were great G'dayla Yisrael that were sad. There were G'dayla Yisrael that suffered from terrible depression. 
without mentioning publicly, it's well known, they write in their svarim, they suffered from great depression. So that doesn't mean they weren't great people, but they couldn't be a Navi. They would never be Naviyam. But for somebody to be a Navi, that means, kol yamav, they were besimcha rabba. So the question the Yad says, so how could Yirmiya Hanavi receive Nevuah, especially the Nevuah about the Chorban? Says the Yad because typically sadness is a deficiency of the human personality. But that's a personal sadness. But when Yirmiya heard the events of the impending Chorban, the sadness he felt was not for his personal situation. The sadness he felt was for the lack of Shechina, for the lack of Kavit Shamayim, for the lack of recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That was a spiritual sensitivity. That was a Deveikos HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That type of Atzvos did not preclude Nevuah. That type of Atzvos came from a, a majesty of character, a greatness of character, and therefore that did not preclude Nevuah. Therefore, says the Yad HaMelech, despite the fact that Yirmiya maybe was crying when he said Megillah that sadness, those tears, did not preclude Nebuah. What we would like to do this evening is to present a new answer to the question of the Yad HaMalach. Chazoynish says it's a good kasha. The Yismach Moshe said it was a good kasha. But every good kasha deserves a good teretz. And we would like to present uh, a novel approach to answer the question of these four great G'doy Le'oylam. So let's begin with another question. When was Megillah Seicha written? Yirmiya wrote the Megillah. When did he write the Megillah? So the Medrash in Eicha Rabbah, if you look in number three on the sheet, Parsha Aleph, Ois Aleph, the Medrash brings two opinions. Rabbi Huda says the Megillah was written in the times of Yehoyakim before the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. Imagine Yirmiya wrote the whole saga and story of Chorban before it happened. Frech Rabbi Yehuda, how in the world could Yirmiya write a book about a tragedy that, that didn't occur yet? Would anybody mourn of the death of a, lo- of a loved one before they died? Chas v'shalom. Imagine somebody comes into the, the house and the, the other family member is sitting on the floor mourning and he says, who are you crying over? You! You! I heard, I, I read in the, the paper... In a different country, it's in a different time zone. So I found out before it happened that tomorrow is your patira. So I decided to start Shiva a little bit early. You know, Yanko Miller has a joke about the Concord jet. It's so fast, somebody got to the Levaya while the person was still alive. <laughs> so that, that's what the that's what the Medr says. That Rabbi Nechemia uh, asked Rabbi Yehuda, how could you mourn over Chor Mesa Mikdash before it happened? And therefore, Rabbi Nechemia says, no, chas v'shalom, when was Megillah Seicha written? It was written after the Chorban Habayis. So they have two opinions. Rabbi Yehuda says it was written before it happened. Rabbi Nechemia says it was written after it happened. Lo and behold, look in Shas Babli, look in the Gemara Moed Katan. The Gemara brings only one opinion, namely the opinion of Rabbi Nechemia, of Rabbi Yehuda, excuse me, that Megillah Seicha was written before the Chorban happened, with no dissenting view. Kulei Alma, Pligi, Eicha was written before the Chorban. The Gemara goes on to say that Yermia wrote the Megillah and they gave it to Yehoyakim. Yehoyakim says, what does it say over here? So they told him, it says, Eicha Yashra Badad, Yushalayim will sit in solitude. Yehoyakim says, who cares? 
as long as I'm the king. And then they told him, well, what do you mean? Yushalayim cries bitterly at night. He, cares. he says, who cares? I'll, be, I'll still be the king. Golso Yehuda Meoini. Yehuda is exiled. He says, as long as I'm the king. Yoyakim says, I have no problem with Megillas Eicha. And then they told him the fifth pasuk. Hayu Tsareha Laraish. The enemy will become the king. He says, Och and vai, I'm not going to be the king. He took the Megillah. He cut out every Shem Hashem. He threw the whole Megillah in the fire. The Gemara concludes, Eicha was written before the Chorben Beis HaMikdash. But what about Reb Nechemia's question? How could you cry for the deceased before they die? So I was standing there in Frankfurt, and my good friend, Rabbi Fala, he comes, he says, Rabbi, I want to give you a sefer. And he gave me the sefer of the commentary of the Benish Chai on Megillah Secha. It's called Nechamas Siyai. Get it at your better bookstores, Torah Treasures, if you don't, where you could get the, the new sefer, the darkness. They ha- that you have, right? The darkness and the dawn, you could... Um, or you can get the Benishchai Nechamas Tzioin on Megillah um, Secha. And the Benishchai starts off as follows. He says he's going to present a new take on Megillah Secha. He's not the first one to offer this approach. This approach has already been introduced by Kadmoinim, namely Rav Galante. And it's also, if you look in the Perush Anecha called Aloin Bachos of Rabbi Binyamin Vital, he also has a Perush in the same vein. But the Benishchai explains the entirety of Megillah Seicha in a way where it does not have a sad, morose, negative connotation, but instead the Megillah Seicha is a Megillah of the great joy, simcha, and happiness that Yushalayim will enjoy the Achras Hayam. So that means Megillah Seicha really is Milsa de Mishtam It could be read in two ways. The way we're going to read it, hopefully not, but we're, we're in the nine days now, and we're primed to be sitting on the floor of Lel Tishabav, and we're going to read it, in a very sad tune. And we're talking about the desolation of Yushalayim. Yushalayim was hoysa ka'amana, she was like a widow. But Megillah's Eicha could be read and understood in a different vein, and I believe, according to this approach of the Gilaseicha, we may have discovered a new answer to the question of the Yad HaMelech. Says the Benishchai, we know there's a Pasuk in Chavakok. The Roigez Rachem Tizkar. The Roigez Rachem Tizkar. In your anger, Hashem, remember your mercy, which we usually translate to mean, Rebunish Even when you're angry at us, even when you're upset at us, please don't forget continue to have mercy on Kal Yisrael. However, the Ben says, Beroigez Rachim Tizkar has a deeper meaning. Beroigez Rachim Tizkar means, in Hashem's words of rebuke and punishment and anger, if you look carefully and you pull away the veil and you probe, you will discover that Davka, in the angry words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you will see and recognize Hashem's consolation and bracha to Kali Yisrael. Specifically in those psukim. 
The Zayar HaKadosh says, if you look at number six, the Zayar HaKadosh Parshas Kisefsen. Kol Havtachais Dinachamais Di Yisrael Bahani Klolais Ksivi. All of the consolation, all of the goodness, all of the bracha. We're still good? Should I start over? All of the, all of the bracha, all of the consolation for Klal Yisrael is recognized in the Klalis. You want to know where the greatest bracha for Klal Yisrael is? In the Toichacha, the Kisavai, the Chukaisai, Ha'azinu. In these Psukim, you don't, we don't see it, we don't recognize it. Laden in these Psukim are the greatest bracha for Klal Yisrael. So, without any further ado, I'm going to give you a, a little sampling of how the Ben reads a number of the Psukim of the Megillah. Eicha Yashva Vadad. Eicha. Alas. Yashva Vadad. Literally, she sits in solitude. Everyone has forsaken Yerushalayim. In the United Nations, nobody supports her. In the world community, nobody assists her. Yerushalayim is desolate. She's isolated. She's all alone. Says the Ben no, this has another meaning. And this could be understood with a mashal of the Dubna Magad. We know that Kal Yisrael has two names. We have Yaakov and we have Yisrael. What's the difference between Yaakov and Yisrael? Yaakov is the left, when Kal Yisrael is on a low madrega, like the heel. And then the Rebbe Hashem has to view us, even though we're not inherently worthy, we're only worthy vis-a-vis Esav, relative to Esav. Compared to Esav, we're good. It's like Hashem marks us on a curve. Yeah, sometimes a teacher gives a test, and uh, if you get all the answers right, you objectively get 100. But what if nobody really understood the material, and the highest mark in the class was a 60? So the teacher can mark on a curve. So the guy who got a 60, he got a 100, and the guy who got a 50, he got a 90. Sometimes Yubanisham has to mark us on a curve. We are, inherently, we're very undeserving. But we're only roi compared to Esau. That's the madriga of Yaakov. On the other hand, the madriga of Yisrael is when Kal Yisrael is inherently on a high madriga. But says the Ben the same way, there are two ways of looking at Kal Yisrael uh, spiritually. Hashem has two ways of, of uh, looking at us and dealing with any city physically as well. Says the Ben any city in the world, no matter how robust their economy is, no matter how many resources they have, every city in the world has to import. For example, New York City. Okay, it's a great city. It was a great city. New York City has a lot of resources. Are there orange trees in New York City? I don't think so. I believe every orange that you'll see in your grocery came from Florida, Brazil. Lakewood Farms has obviously many, many oranges. So everything that was brought into, New, all the oranges brought into New York were imported. Potatoes. Do potatoes grow in New York City? I don't think so. Yeah, they have to import it from Kitchen Sink, Idaho, from Iowa, from Nebraska. So does that mean Kitchen Sink, Idaho is greater than New York City? No. New York City is a greater city than Kitchen Sink. It just happens to be. If you want a potato, you got to import it. So no matter how powerful any city is, it's always reliant on other gas. I don't think there are gas deposits in... Uh, 
in New York City, in my neighborhood in Cedarhurst, there are a few that people don't know about. <laughs> but most you have to go to the Middle East, you go to Saudi Arabia. Now, that, does that mean Kuwait is a, is a better economy than the United States of America or New York? No, probably not. Nevertheless, every city in the world is reliant on other cities for import. But says the Navi, the day will come, Eicha, how could it be? Yashva Vadad, the city of Yishalayim, is completely independent. They have oranges, they have potatoes, they have oil deposits, they have gasoline, no imports necessary. They're completely independent of any city in the world. How could that be? How is it that no other resources need to be imported? So you'll say, you know why? Because nobody lives in Yishalayim. Yishalayim is empty. No. It's the most populated city in the world. There are going to be skyscrapers coming out of right outside the old city. There are going to be a hundred foot skyscrapers everywhere. There are going to be more people living in Yushalayim than any other city in the world, and it will still be independent. They say, Haisa ke almana. You won't be able to count them. Al-mana. You cannot count them. The brach that that we're going to be it will be Neskayim and Yerushalayim. This, says the Ben will be the interpretation of the first Pasuk in Eicha. Eicha Yashra, but the people will be bewildered. How could there be a city in the modern world, completely independent. Rabosiyam, so populated. Haisa you won't be able to count the residents. So what are you going to do with Pasuk Beis? Well, the Zayar Kadr says that there's a, a major battle going on at all times between the Koyach HaToiv and the Koyach Hara. We have the Yetzir Toiv, when you come home Friday night, you want to make sure you make the Shabbos Malka happy. The Shabbos Malka is the Yetzir Toiv. So you want to make sure the table is set and the candles are lit and all the places are in order because you want to be Misameach, the Yetzir Toiv, the Shabbos Malka. But there's another mistress who is Zelu Umazeh. Corresponding to the Shabbos Malka, you have an angel, a woman of evil. Her name is Lilis. We don't like to say her name, but you need to know just for the sake of love. That's her name, Gematria 480. Tough pay. Tough pay. How do you mavatal her? Talmud. Talmud is Gematria Tough pay. Tas Shachras. Tough pay. The Soif Umachal, some services. Tough pay. Lilis is a nasty woman. She is there to spread out her arms and to contaminate through the Kayachatuma over everything. And her domain is the nighttime. Usually she wreaks havoc at night. But when Yushalayim has her heyday, and Yushalayim is in the spotlight, and Yushalayim is elevated, she, Lilis, will be crying bitterly at night. Her tear will be on her cheek. No one will console her. is referring to the Kayachatuma, referring to the Malach Hara. Gosa Yehuda Me'oimi. Gosa Yehuda Me'oimi. 
Literally, Yehuda will be exiled from poverty. But says the Ben the word Golsa could mean revealed. Like when Michal tells David Amach, look at number 15. Remember the story by the Chanukas Ha'oroin? So David Amach went dancing in the street and his shirt flew up. And Michal says, why are you acting this way? You're acting like a lowly person. You're revealing yourself. Says the Ben Ishchai, Golsa Yehuda Me'oini. The greatness of Yehuda will be revealed from her poverty. Where everyone will recognize that despite 2,000 years of persecution and poverty and difficulty and challenges, the greatness of Klai will be revealed from her difficult situation. Umeiroi Vavoida. And for her, her abundant work. He Yashva Vagoyim. We could be among the Goyim for 2,000 years. We don't enjoy the same type of leisure that the Goyim enjoy. We don't partake of their leisure. Goyim have different ways of enjoying themselves. We don't participate with them. That's not how we rest. We don't join them in their menucha. They have a different kind of menucha. They have different kinds of food. They have different kinds of entertainment. We don't participate in their sports. Not that New York has any good sports teams anyway. And we don't... This We have different types of menucha. Loi matsu menucha. And the Navi continues. Darchei in avelais. So literally, Darchei Tzion, the roads of Tzion are, are mourning. They're empty. No, Darchei Tzion. Darchei Tzion. Those who trampled Tzion. As in the Pasuk, Nachal Kishon Gerafam. Tidrachi Nafshiyoyz. Darchei Tzion. Those who trampled Tzion. Avelois. Now they're mourning. Mibli Bayimoye. All those who have planned and plotted to destroy Klal Yisrael. Their palaces, Saddam Hussein's palace, is not in great shape right now. All of the Rosham who planned to destroy Klal Yisrael, their roads, their palaces, their gateways, they're trampled, they're desolate. Mibli Boye nobody goes there. Kosharel Shoymeimin, all of her gates are desolate. Koyaneo Nanochim, her clergy are mourning. Let's go to Pasuke. Hayu Tsareha Laraish. Hayu Tsareha Laraish. Literally, the tormentors of Kaisa Laraish will be the leaders. No, says the Benishkai. Roish has another meaning. What does Roish mean? As in the Pasuk in Nitzavim, Penyesh Vachemish, Hoyisha, Amishbachai, what? Penyesh Vachem Shoyresh, Poire, Roish Velana. Roish could mean wormwood. Poison. Hayut Sareha, her tormentors, Laroish, all they'll have is wormwood. They'll have poison. They'll be embarrassed. They'll be ashamed. They'll be embittered. Ayeveha Shalu. Listen to how the Benishchai reads this. Ayeveha Shalu. What does the word Shalu mean? Literally, Ayeveha Shalu, her enemies have plundered her. But you remember the Mishnah in Masech the Shabbos. Hashoyle Dogmin Hayam. Plucked out. He plucked out a fish from the sea. 
Hayut Sareha Laraish, all the wormwood, all the bitterness of Kaiso will go to the enemy. Oyeveha, our enemy Shalu, have taken all of the bitterness that was destined for us. This is my favorite one. So, we live in America, and we got used to the fact that Ki mi Brooklyn Tate Taira, Udvar Hashem mi New Jersey. And we get used to that. That's the way it's supposed to be. That Moshe Ki mi Sinai, and from now on, the Taira is, uh, emanates from the two great states, New York and New Jersey, Coney Island Avenue, Ocean Parkway, and the great Irha Torah Lakewood. And we think that's normal. We think it's normal that Torah should emanate from a place other than Yerushalayim. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. The Navi Yeshaya says, Ki Torah is supposed to come out of Siyayim. Therefore the Navi says, when Mashiach comes, all the glory of the Torah, all the majesty of the Torah, all the splendor of the Torah will come only from Sion, nowhere else. So now the, the Benesh Chai says, you know, and the Chassam Seifer is very worried about this question. It's interesting. Chassam Seifer is one of the all-time great Marbit Seitach. Chassam Seifer writes, that from the moment his Seichel kicked in, he did not go a day of his life without Harbatsas Torah. Even Tishabov, he gathered the Talmudim to be Marbat's Torah. So Chassam Seifer is very bothered and troubled, and if you're familiar with the writings of Chassam Seifer, you almost feel his anguish. That La'asid Lavai, when it's Kulam Yadu Oisim, everyone's going to know the Torah, so what are the Rabbanim going to do with themselves? They're going to be out of a job. What are they going to do? There's not going to be any Shurim. So Sam Seifer is very troubled with this question and he gives various answers in different Makaimais. One place he says they're going to teach Gerim. <laughs> now he tells us, where do you give, sh- I give the top shear to the Gerim. He gives the top. Oh, and the other place the, the Sam Seifer says they're going to teach the Malachi Hasharis. But you could tell the Sam Seifer is bothered. You know, he, the Sam Seifer was, Harbat says by the way, Samsefer was the busiest person who ever lived. Never did we have somebody. Rosh Hashiva, Rav of the city, and the greatest Meshiv of Tshuva, so the generation. Samsefer did all of those. All of those roles. So the question then is, says the Ben Ashchai, Kulam So what are the Rabbanim going to do? Taka, Hayu Sareha Kayolim Leimatsu The leaders are going to be like gazelles. They don't have pasture, they have nobody to give over to. So you'll have to, you'll have to give shir to the Malachi Hasharis. From Tzion will emerge all of the glory of Torah. There won't be any yeshivas, not in Florida, not in Baltimore, not in California, not in New Jersey. And now Klal Yisrael comes to Rebbein Shem and they say, Rebbein Shem, we have an invoice to make. Zachra Yerushalayim kol yimei anya merodah. Yerushalayim comes to Rebbein Shem and says, Rebbein Shem, we have to, make, have to make a cheshven with you. How long was the Golas? Golas was 2,000 years. 
How long were the Yemei Toivim for Kal Yisrael? Bayis Rishon stood 410. Bayis Rishon 420. That's a total of 830 years. Uh, this is not this is not exactly equal. You give us 2,000 years of persecution, 830 years of Toiva, and even when the Beis are stood, Asar Sashatim were kicked out hundreds of years before, and there was Greek occupation and Roman occupation. This is not uh, equal. So we're going to go to Riban Sham with an invoice. We're going to say, Zachra Yushalayim Yimei Anya Merudeha. Yushalayim will remember her days of affliction. They'll remember Kamachmadeha. And we say, Rebbeinu Shalaylam, you owe us big time. We're going to be Toivea HaKadosh Baruch I want to tell you a very important insight. The Gemara Darshan. Siyoyim hi doireish enla. It's a pasuk. Siyoyim hi doireish enla. Nobody seeks out Siyoyim. So the Gemara says, Meklal Dabo Idrisha. From here we see, you have to be doireish Siyoyim. So in Rav Chaim Kinevsky's parish on Zmirais, on the words, Rav Chaim Kinevsky says, So what are you supposed to do? How are you doyresh tziyayin? Well, what are you supposed to do exactly? You're supposed to go, you go up to the temple mount? You can't go there. So how are you doyresh? Says Rav Chaim Kinevsky, doyresh means to be toyveya. Not, build your shalayim, and if not, then don't do it, but at least give me Baruch Eleinu with a lot of Parnasa and Rafua, and maybe, yeah, maybe not. No. You have to be Toivea HaKadosh. Siyon hi doyresh enla meklau deboi drisha. Says Reb Chaim, you have to be Toivea HaKadosh Baruch You promised us, v'sishkoin v'saycha, Kasher Dibarta, you said. You said. So we're going to make an invoice with HaKadosh Baruch. We're going to say 2,000 years of Golas you gave us. You only gave us 830 years of Beis HaMikdash. You owe us. We're not Moichel, the nations of the world. There's no Mechila over here. Sometimes you hear about uh, something happened in a certain shul, in a certain city, so they sent a letter. They want to be Meichel the right Seach. Chas There's no Mechila. We're not Meichel, any of the tormentors of Klal Yisrael. We want full revenge. We want retribution. Yismach Tzadik Kichaza Naka. Rav Miller would say, part of the enjoyment of the Achus Hayamim is the Tzadikim are going to take off their socks and they're going to dip their feet in the blood of the Rishon. Sounds surprising. The pasuk in Tehillim. That's what the pasuk says. There's no revet, There's no mechila. We're gonna wa- the Mishnah Bura, By the way, in the Hakdam of the Mishnah Bura is very troubled by this question. He, he wants to know that all the tormentors of Klal Yisrael. So they're gonna go to Gehenna. So Gehenna is pretty hot, right? It's like this self. It's hotter than a self-cleaning oven, and a self-cleaning oven is very hot. Every era of Pesach, all the ovens break because people self-clean them, right? So it's hotter than like 900 degrees. So they're, they're, they're going to stick the Russia in the self-cleaning oven, and then what? He's going to disintegrate. So now he's finished. He's off the hook. No, says the Chafetz Chaim. Hashem's going to come, reconstitute his molecules, so that we could watch another round of the Rishon suffer. 
That's part of, we're going to be toivea now. Don't think, says the Ben Eshchaim, that we're going to ask the Yibam punish the Germans. No. Benefal ama biyad sar ve'ein oizer la. You know who else we're going to be toivea? Ra'uhat sarim sachakua mishbateha. Don't just punish the Germans. What about FDR? FDR bombed around Auschwitz. Why did he bomb the concentration camps? He could have sold, he could have saved hundreds of thousands of Jews. No, he's an accomplice. He's a Sony Israel. We want him to be punished also. We want England, France, all the countries that are, for all intents and purposes, accomplices to all the crimes of history. We, we're going to send the Rebbe Shalom an invoice. We want to see retribution for everything they did as well. They were laughing. They were enjoying it. They figured, let the Jews go. Ra'uhat sarim, mishpateha. Says the Ben Eshchai, this is how Eichel will be read when Mashiach comes. Because the question is, you know, Yushami says, Eichel will become Batal. So Ben Eshchai asks, Shalom, even one Sefer of Tanakh will become Batal. What does it mean Eichel will become Batal? What it means is the way to read it, Lara will be Batal, will only read it Latoyf. Rabbi Yitzchak of Arditchev says that when Mashiach comes, we're going to make a Shechianu when we read Megillah Secha. What kind of Shechianu? Because we're going to read it Latoyva. It has a meaning Latoyva. So we have nine days. We have nine days from Rosh Av until Tisha B'Av. There's another time of the year that also is nine days. From the beginning of the Yom Tif of Sukkot until Simchas Tayyot. Zelu Interestingly, the Blush of a Rebbe and the Tzvila Tzaddik, in his drashos of Tisha B'Av, he has drashos of Sukkot and Simchas Tayyot, as if they're almost like the same Yamtif. Sukkot has Ushpizen. So you have Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef, and David. Is there a guest on Simchas Torah and Shemini Atzeres? Yeah. The Rishner says the guest is Shloima Yamalach. <laughs> Shloima, after all, the Haftorah of Simchas Torah and Shemini Atzeres is the bracha that Shloima Hamelach gave Klal Yisrael. The day of Simchas Torah is the day of Shlomo Amalek. Which would then mean that Simchas Torah corresponds to Tisha B'Av. The Arizal writes that there was a man by the name of Yermia. When was Yermia's birthday? Tisha B'Av. Yermia cursed the day of his birth. Yerman Shem says he can't do that. One day Tisha B'Av will be a great day. Says the Arizal, Yermia was the Gilgal of Shloimei HaMelech. So Shloimei corresponds to Simchas Torah and Yirmiyah Tishbab. Shloimei is the, the ninth day of Simcha. Yirmiyah is the ninth day of Tsar. Isn't it strange? Come Simchas Torah, they open up the Arayim and they pick the worst possible tune to open up the Arai. 
Are you kidding me? Where'd you get this tune from? That's the tune you pick for Simchas Torah? That's the tune? That's the best tune you could come up with? And the Megillah says, That's the tune? Ba'avur David Avdecha. You're singing Eicha on Simchas Torah. But there's one little knech, one little difference between the tune of Eicha and the tune of Simchas Torah. Because, you know, according to what we're learning, according to the Ben Ishchai, that Megillah Seicha has two ways to read it, L'Toiva Ulara. So we know when Mashiach comes, we're going to make a Shechianu, and we're going to understand it, L'Toiva. But what's the nigan going to be? What's the tune of Eicha going to be? The answer is you could take any tune and with a little knate and a little kvetch you could be mahapichet meira letoiva. So it's, yes, it's kimi tziyoin teitzei seira but it's all in the ending. Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim You know, you give it a powerful end. It rises to a crescendo so then the whole nigan is elevated to a nigan of simcha. But if you end, So then you imagine Yermia sitting on Naro's Bebel, It's the same tune. It's just, do you end on the lone? That's, you know, that's the tune of Eicha. But when we read Megillah Seicha, and we think, Eicha Yashva Vadad, Wow, what a city. A completely financially independent city. And it's not because there's nobody living there. It's Rabosiyam. You can't even count it. Hoysa And Lilis is weeping. Bachay Sivka Balayla. And the greatness of Klai Yisrael is Golso Yehuda Meoyni. And all the tormentors of Klai Yisrael are mourning. And all of them have Rosh. They have wormwood and bitterness and gall. And all the Torah in the world is emanating from Yerushalayim. So it's going to be transformed with that little chasima letoiva, the whole Megillah. And Yirmiyah is going to understand why the Rebbein did not allow him to curse the day of his birth. Because ultimately, the Medrash tells us that with five hours left in the day on Tisha B'av, there's a great birth in Klal Yisrael. The Medrash Rabbah says, Noilad Menachem, Mashiach is born on Tisha B'av. And that is why the Gemara tells us, Bikesh Rebbe La'akar Tishbav. Rebbe wanted to be Oikar Tishbav. Why only? I know a lot of people that want to be Oikar Tishbav. But only Rebbe really had a valid shita, Bikesh Rebbe La'akar Tishbav. Because the Gemara in Shabbos says, Rebbe Midabes David Kasina. Rebbe came from the Malchus Beis David. And Chazal say, Noilad ben Zachar Nisrapa Kohamishbacho. When a boy is born, the whole family is healed. So Rebbe sensed that in his mishpacha on Tishabav, the Holy Bnei Yisachar writes, I just visited him a few days ago in Dinov. The Bnei Yisachar writes that Rebbe sensed on Tishabav the birth of Mashiach and the refuah for the mishpacha of the Malchus based David. So Rebbe says, let's get rid of Tishabav. Kvar Avar Batal, it's time to read Eicha with a new nigan, with a new tune, with a new chasimah. With the Pshad of the Benish Chai. 
This is the way that Megillas Eicha will be read. So let's just conclude the Benishchai and his Hakdama. Ends off with the Tefillah, but before we do that, let's come back to answer the question of the Yad HaMelech and the Yismach Moshe and Rabbi Yonasen Ibershitz and the Chazoy Nish. How could Yirmiyah write Megillas Eicha he was crying, he was mourning, it was a time of depression. How could Yirmiya write to Megillah before it happened? The answer is when Yirmiya received the Nebuah of Megillah Secha, he received it before it happened. And it was a Nebuah Latoiva. It was a Nebuah about the future, grandeur of the Jewish people, the good times ahead for Kla Yisrael. It was a Nebuah about the Achlis Hayamim. It was a Nebuah about the Yemois HaMashiach, the time of Ayetze Mibasiyo and Kol and Yirmiya received it v'derach simcha, v'derach gila, and he received it in great devekos ta'kadosh baruch And he also understood that there is a negative and sad dimension to Megillah Seicha as well. But Yirmiya was able to be makabel the Megillah in a prophetic state because of the tremendous simcha that outweighed, despite the tsar and despite the fact that there is a very disastrous reading of Megillah Seicha. But as the Navi tells us, the tsar of the galos, vis-a-vis the magnitude of simcha that will be ba'achas hayamim, we're going to give the following ratio, the Navi says. The tsar of the galos is only rega katayim, is only histarti panai rega mimech. The 2,000 years of galos relative to the infinite greatness of the achas hayamim, is only a fleeting moment. Is only a rega katan. Is only b'shetzef ketzef estarti panai rega mimeich. And Yirmiya then understood Megillah Seicha with an overwhelming sense of happiness, joy, and longing for the greatness of the Achras Hayamim. And the Benishchai ends off his Akdama with the Tefillah, if I could refer you to the end of number 8 on page 2. Says the Benishchai, Chacham Yosef Chaim, Ono Hashem, Melech Rachaman, Rachim Oleinu, Koinein Mikdashcha Mechoinoi, Harenu Bevinyanoi, Samchenu Besikunoi, Vahashev Shinascha Lesoichoi, Vahashev Koihanim Lavoidasam, Leviim Lashiram Lazimram, Vahashev Yisrael and Veem, Ubavoidas Besamikdash, Nismach Kulanu, Venoidel Hashir Chadash, Agulasenu, Vyafedus Nafshenu, Yeroeinenu, Vyismach Libenu, Vyasko, Mashiach Sidkenu, Vimhera, Vyameno, Amen, Ken Yihirat Sain. May we be Zoycha, Bezos Hashem, very soon to read Megillah Secha, Lafi, the Perosh of the Ben Eshchai, Vimhera, Vyameno, Amen. Amen.